sounded like one of those Asian uh, <laughs> guitars. Doing. Yeah. Well, we're live. Okay, good. So that's good. Welcome to the Calvary Cast, a podcast from Calvary Bible Church in Grand Junction, Colorado. At Calvary, we exist for the glory of God, the good of His people, and the Great Commission. Hello, listeners of the Calvary Cast. We are back. We are back. Long time no see. Welcome back. Yeah. It was on vacation for a little bit. You were gone. Yeah, and then we I've been back for like a month. <laughs> <laughs> so it's really old news, but we just haven't had the time to. We have, not. or we haven't taken the time. We haven't taken or the time. We haven't had it, and we haven't taken it. That too, some combination of those. Yeah, and again, these are just like special treats that every once in a while appear in your podcast feed and get all excited like Christmas morning. I know, right? Unwrapping the present. What are they going to delight <laughs> me with today? That's right. Oh, it's good news. It's good news. Yeah, because it's been like a month since we recorded last, or more yeah. than that, even. Really, like our last podcast is on the Lord's Supper. I think we did. When was that? That's before I left on my little journeys. Yeah, because we're in May. Was that April or March? That was in April. Oh, okay. Yeah, we did that right before I left. So that right, was okay. the first part of April. Okay, so so only a, a month. Only a month. Yeah, that's not bad. One podcast a month. Everybody survived. That Did didn't listen. hear our oh, podcast. Oh, well, as yeah. far as we know. As far as we know, right? Could have been. Many deaths attributed to the lack of <laughs> the Calvary cast. I doubt it. I don't think so either. Well, we are uh, returning to uh, a form that we had talked about doing more of, and then we haven't done as much of. And because uh, the Calvary cast is just kind of whenever we feel like we have something to say, we say something. If we don't, we don't. But I was going through John 10 a number of weeks back and thought this would be a great podcast passage and mentioned it to you, and you agreed with my sentiments. I did. And so that's what we're going to do. We're just going to walk through John 10 today. This is a very, uh, as I read it, warm and devotional passage, mm-hmm. really encouraging for Christians. Um, and so that's that's all we're going to do. Very good. So we're going to start by just reading the passage. So you're, you're going to read the first 21 verses. Oh, my. It's a long chapter. It's 40-something verses. You read the first 21, and then I'll pick it up from there. Okay. So truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd who does not own the sheep sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he's a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me, 
just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock and one shepherd. For this reason the Father loves me, because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my Father. There was again a division among the Jews because of these words. Many of them said, He has a demon and is insane. Why listen to him? Others said, These are not the words of one who is oppressed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? At that time, the Feast of Dedication took place at Jerusalem. It was winter, and Jesus was walking in the temple in the colonnade of Solomon. So the Jews gathered around him and said to him, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answered them, I told you, and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name bear witness about me, but you do not believe, because you are not among my sheep. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. I and the Father are one. The Jews picked up stones again to stone him. Jesus answered them, I have shown you many good works from the Father. For which of them are you going to stone me? The Jews answered, It is not for a good work that we are going to stone you, but for blasphemy, because you, being a man, make yourself God. Jesus answered them, Is it not written in your law? I said, You are gods. If he called them gods to whom the word of God came, and scripture cannot be broken, do you say of him whom the Father consecrated and sent into the world, You are blaspheming, because I said, I am the Son of God? If I am not doing the works of my Father, then do not believe me. But if I do them, even though you do not believe me, believe the works, that you may know and understand that the Father is in me, and I am in the Father. Again they sought to arrest him, but he escaped from their hands. He went away again across the Jordan to the place where John had been baptizing at first, and there he remained, and many came to him. And they said, John did no sign, but everything that John said about this man was true, and many believed in him there. So can we just set the context for this passage before we jump into it? Yeah. Because it comes right on the heels of John 9. It seems to me that it's a continuing conversation. Yeah. So in John 9, he's healed a man who was born blind, mm-hmm. right? And Jesus, the disciples ask, why was this man born blind? Was it because he sinned or his mother sinned? And they have this whole discussion. But Jesus heals him. That's why, like in verse uh, 21, you know, the people's response, these are not the words of a man who's oppressed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? So mm-hmm. that has to be what they're referring to, right? Right, yeah. And John's whole gospel, he's trying to present Jesus as the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of God. Uh, John twenty thirty one a purpose statement for the book. Yeah, these signs. You know, John says there in John twenty that these signs uh, that Jesus did many other signs right. that they witnessed, but these were written. He chose specific signs, right? right. Seven signs that um, point to who Jesus is, and um, and then he gives these statements, like in John ten, Jesus does these I am statements where Jesus makes a claim about who he is. Right. So then you'll see like 
right? There's an element to where these signs are backing up. Yes. Both John's proposal of who Jesus is. Right. The Christ and the Son of God, and also who Jesus is claiming right. to be. And so that's why I think, yeah, you see just that followed on the heels of John 9. Right. This man who was born blind gets healed and now may, helping back up who Jesus is saying yes. he's going to be. Yeah. Because, again, some of the things Jesus says are would be preposterous for anybody right. to just come up and <laughs> right. say these well, things. Well, that's why they charge him with blasphemy right at the right. end of the chapter. Right. You being a man, make yourself God. Right. You're claiming to be one with the Father. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, these are bold statements, but Jesus backs them up. Yeah. So then what's happening here in John 10? What's So John 10, he's talking about, um, he gives two metaphors. Okay. Uh, and two, well, two metaphors about himself or two I am statements making the declaration. So however we want to analyze that. But the first one is that he is the door, um, door to the sheep, right? And right. what, what, f- uh, uh, I am the door, verse nine. Okay. And then, uh, and then down he, he changes it in verse 14. I am the good shepherd. Um, so just a side note on the on those I am statements in John. John's gospel, all the four gospels point to Jesus as being more than man, mm-hmm. also being truly God yes. in flesh, okay? But John's gospel really draws this theology out yes, uh, multiple times. And people res- catch what Jesus is saying about himself. And some of them, like here, they want to stone him. They want to <laughs> kill him for it. So there's no doubt that Jesus was claiming to be divine. And that... That uh, statement, I am, Mm. uh, in the Jewish mind, had significance because that's how God revealed himself to Moses as, well, we'll say, we say the great I am, or I am who I am. Right. So when when God spoke to Moses through the burning bush, told him about what he was going to have him do, Moses said, who do I say has sent me? Mm. I am who I am has sent me. Yeah. and when God wants to name himself so with that divine name, he uses a Hebrew verb that that indicates self-existence and, you know, authority and power. Mm-hmm. Um, the one from who just exists. Yes, yeah, the eternally know. self-existent one, right? Right, exactly. Yeah. So Jesus, in whenever he says those statements like, I am the door, I am the good shepherd, he's linking himself to that statement. I think so. Yeah. I think that I think that is true. And um so so back in John eight he had said uh he had made mention of something to his opponents about Abraham, mm-hmm. how he had seen Abraham. He said, You they said, You're not even fifty years old. How how can you say you've seen Abraham? He says, Because before Abraham was I am. Yep. And so that they wanted to kill him right, right there. Exactly. So it's that idea that he's claiming to be God. Which, in the mind of like a devout Jew, right? Anybody else claiming to be God was a form of idolatry. They're very mm-hmm. monotheistic. There's mm-hmm. one God, Yahweh, the Great I Am, who has revealed Himself. So, you know, this is blasphemy. This could be idolatrous to be claiming to be God when yeah. you're not. Yep. And that's it, why Jesus has to back it up. <laughs> that's right. And and it's showing that you know the Lord is the provider of His people. And in Jesus, he's providing salvation. Yeah. So, you know, he's the door uh, of the sheep. He is the good shepherd himself. He is the bread of life back in John chapter 6. John 14, uh, 
he is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through him. He's the one here providing salvation for his people. Yeah. God himself has come into uh, you know, time and space in first century Israel to provide salvation for his mm. people. Yeah. And that's powerful to think about. Yeah. And really blasphemous is. to the person who doesn't believe. Yeah. Right? It's a it's blasphemy uh, to the Jewish person that would reject Christ. Mm. So, just quickly on the first me- metaphor cuz I think we wanted to spend most of our time on I am the good shepherd, yeah. but the idea of Jesus uh being uh the door of the sheep. So, from my research, um so historically in Jesus's day, of course, they had shepherds who had sheep, right? Mm-hmm. And they would be out guarding their sheep mm-hmm. uh, throughout the day and night and mm-hmm. leading them around and different things. So this wasn't something, um, we don't see that right. <laughs> driving around Grand Junction, you know, <laughs> but like they, they would have been pretty familiar with this understanding right. of the shepherds and their sheep. And apparently uh, they would have these uh, like stone fence walls built up to where at night, several shepherds could come and bring their sheep in multiple flocks multiple kept flocks in one, place, in one yeah. place and then somebody would stand guard at that at the door and keep it's like a barn yeah right and so that has implications for you know Jesus then calling his sheep and his sheep actually recognizing his voice right, right and following him in, just like that shepherd so those sheep apparently would be able to follow the voice of their particular shepherd yeah he he at the door uh guarding being the door itself, but I think the main point of that is that if if someone wants to be in the fold of God, mm. there's only one door to go through, and that's right. Christ, right? Right. So throughout John, there's this theme of exclusivity where it is only me, me and only me. So if you're a Jew uh, who is largely who he's discussing things with there, you have to understand, you reject me, you reject God. Right. You cannot be one of his people unless you come through me. So who, whoever has not known me has not known the Father who sent me. You know, those kind of statements. So, uh, What is the chapter where where uh, Jesus is it's one of the prior chapters? He's talking to them, and they're saying, we're descendants of Abraham and all of that. And he's saying, no, you're a, your father of the devil, mm-hmm. right, because you don't accept me. Right. right. So again, even though they thought they had all the right stuff being physical descendants of Abraham, they really didn't. Exactly. Because they didn't accept Jesus. Yep. And Abraham did. <laughs> yep. And this and this too helps us understand like there is no other way to God. I mean right. and we take that for granted, I think, in our circles, but there are Christians, professing Christians who don't believe that. Mm. So like you you'll find professing Christians say, Yeah, I'm a Christian, but uh, I remember I was walking with a man one time and uh, we were talking. He he went to a church in town. This wasn't here. It was back in Illinois, and we were talking about things. and And he said, "Yeah, you know, I'm a Christian. I believe in Jesus, but I also believe well-intentioned Jews and Muslims mm. and others can can go d- go to yeah. heaven as well." That's not an uncommon thought. Yeah, no, well, because the, it it goes with that idea again. This, you know, that that we just need to be you know kind and loving, and Jesus would never exclude anyone. And this right misunderstanding really like of John 10 right yeah and he says very clearly you know uh, verse 9 I am the door if anyone enters by me he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture Mm. yeah there is no other there is no other way yeah into this so and then he changes the the metaphor slightly in um, verse 14 
claiming to be the good shepherd, right? And then he's talking about a sheep that he knows and they know him. And um, I think in order to really understand this, it's helpful to look at Ezekiel 34 because mm. this is a uh, this is this is really powerful in light of Ezekiel 34. Yeah. So in Ezekiel 34, uh, first of all, in the first um, what is it, ten verses there, um, he, uh, it begins in verse one and two. The word of the Lord came to me, son of man. Of course, that's Ezekiel, right? prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Um, and then he just berates the leaders of Israel. So the shepherds would be the leaders mm. of God's people in the various capacities of uh, uh, teachers and priests and others. Who Prophets are, and kings. Yeah, they were, they were assigned as these under shepherds, under God, to be mm -hmm. caring for his flock. So the idea of God's people being a flock of sheep and there being shepherds and such wasn't unheard of to the Jews. They understood this kind of uh, terminology coming yeah. from places like Ezekiel 34. And even in Jesus's day, of course, uh, he will have a lot to say of uh, the scribes and Pharisees mm. and others who were charged with overseeing his people and teaching them in that. And... Um, so in John 10, then there's that contrast between the good shepherds and the bad shepherds, right? He's being the good shepherd, and then um, the the bad ones, you know, uh, who are just hired hands or what have yeah. you, uh, flee when they see danger coming, that kind of thing. Um, he who is a hired hand, verse 12, not a shepherd who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming, leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he has a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I I would be surprised to find out one day that Jesus would, didn't have the outline of Ezekiel 34 in mind here when yeah. he's coming in here, okay? Because he's, he's pointing out, first of all, bad shepherds, hired hands, mm. which is what he's been, you know, really going after his people for centuries about. Right. Well, so interesting correlation with this, because... Uh, it, at times in the Old Testament, Yahweh is described as the shepherd of Israel. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting, even at the end, I just taught Ecclesiastes last night to the youth, right? Yeah. And the end of Ecclesiastes says that these wise sayings come from the shepherd, capital mm. S in you know, our Bibles, yeah. the shepherd of Israel. So even the words of Ecclesiastes are from Yahweh. Therefore, all the shepherds of Israel were to emulate his characteristics yes. as they shepherded the people. Yeah. Of course, they failed in it. And and then how perfect, right, for Jesus to come and actually be mm -hmm. the the shepherd uh, of, of Israel and of his people. Yeah. Uh, well, there's two in the New Testament, Peter says first yeah. Peter five, like admonition to elders, yes. right? That you should shepherd the flock of God assigned yep. to you and the chief shepherds coming back yep. one day. So we're to be shepherding well. Yep. But Lots of shepherd illustrations. There is. This is a key way. And and in these like two, like we have to understand God wants us to understand who we are to him and how we're to relate with him. Yeah. So he uses these metaphors to show us we're obviously the sheep in this right in this conversation. But in Ezekiel 34, though, he goes on, right? And he says in verse 11, For thus says the Lord God, Behold, I I myself will search for my sheep and will seek them out. 
As a shepherd seeks out his flock when he is among his sheep that have been scattered, so will I seek out my sheep, and I will rescue them from all places where they have been scattered on a day of clouds and thick darkness. And I will bring them out from the peoples and gather them from the countries and will bring them into their own land. And I will feed them on the mountains of Israel by the ravines and in all the inhabited places of the country. I will feed them with good pasture and on the mountain heights of Israel shall be their grazing land. There they shall lie down in good grazing land and on rich pasture they shall feed on the mountains of Israel. I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep and I myself will make them lie down, declares the Lord. I will seek the lost and I will bring back the strayed and I will bind up the injured and I will strengthen the weak and the fat and the strong and I will destroy I will feed them in justice. So here is the Lord yeah. saying, I myself will be the shepherd yeah. for my people. And this is what Jesus uh, is saying. I am the good shepherd. Yep. And I think they might have caught on to yeah. what he's saying here. I've arrived. I'm going to do now yep. what I've said. And I there's that personableness here. He knows them. He's going to dra- gather in yes. all his people. Jesus even says over here, there, there are some who are not of this fold. i got to bring them yep. in also from John 10, remember? So all of those are seem to be the fulfillments of that prophecy that God made through Ezekiel. Yeah, everything that Ezekiel said that the shepherd would do, Jesus in John 10 says, I'm going to do. Exactly. I'm going to gather them. They're going to hear my voice and respond to me. I know my own. Hmm. Uh, What an encouragement, I think. Yeah, You know, absolutely. As you think about, and I don't know if I'm jumping ahead here a little bit, but just in terms of like application, if if you're a Christian who is discouraged right now and fearful about God's love for you and his knowledge of you. Like, go read John 10 and hear, you know, my sheep hear my voice, they know me and they follow me. I know my sheep, you know, and that um, the protectiveness of that mm-hmm. he provides for us as his shepherd, as the door to the to the sheepfold, Absolutely. all those things. Such, a, such an encouragement. Absolutely. And that's, I think, what is largely how a believer can come into John 10 and take it as yes. a sense of encouragement. Yes. There's that personal nature all throughout it, how Jesus claims to know who we are, knows us by name even, right? Calls us out, you know, one by one, takes care of us, um, that we are safe and secure. Uh, Verse 27, my sheep hear my voice. I know them. They follow me. I give them eternal life. They will never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. Like there's no way this is going to happen. I take care of my sheep. So, and it's, it's too affirming, like how a lot of people struggle, like, how do I know I'm a sheep or how do I know I'm one of God's people? Yeah. And the answer to that is, are you following Jesus? Do Mm. you know Jesus? Do you believe in him? If the answer to that is yes, that's how we identify Mm -hmm. who are those who know Jesus. Well, you know, it's, it's that response to the voice of Jesus, to the words of Jesus. And, and we understand that comes through the word of God, you know, so it's not, you're going to hear some voice in heaven speaking to you audibly, but it's come, you're going to read John 10 and you're going to just go, that resonates with me. Yeah. I love Jesus. I Mm -hmm. hear what he's saying. And I, and, and in, you know, in verse five, a stranger, they will not follow. Mm -hmm. You're going to hear other voices saying, follow me, follow Mm -hmm. me. Mm -hmm. And you're going to go, that's not the right voice. Right. I'm not going to follow that voice. I'm following Jesus. That's right. And I think, so there's a few things on that. on just like maybe even a practical level. 
when a person is, when God saves a person, they receive what we call um, effectual calling. Yeah. So, so there's two types of calling in the Bible, at least in the New Testament. There's that general call that every time you share the gospel with somebody, there is a call to repent and believe in Jesus. But let's be honest, the vast majority of times we share the gospel with people, it falls on deaf ears. They turn around and leave. They don't hear the voice of the shepherd in that through the gospel, right? And then there is that call like we've all experienced at one point in our life where we heard the gospel and we believed like something happened in us that we responded to this with faith. Now, that could be a dramatic thing or it could be for some just like, yeah, I just always remember. Yeah, yeah. I believed. I followed him. And and so uh, practically speaking, you know, there's that that is what happens to us, which further helps you establish the fact you are a sheep yes. in the fold of, of Jesus Christ as your shepherd. And that's assuring. And, and if you have that, you have eternal life. There is also, when Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice and they follow me, I don't think this is some mystical thing we hear, like Jesus whispering to us or saying things to us or like we get certain feelings and all that's from Jesus. I really think his voice is his word. Mm -hmm. And so it would be like this, when the written word. So you're in John 10 and you're reading this and Jesus says, I am the door and I am the good shepherd. And, and everything we're saying about it, and you read that and you're like, I do believe that. Yeah. That resonates with me. Um, theologians call that the internal witness mm. of Scripture. Like, in other words, how do you know the Bible's true? Well, we can have all these evidences that the Bible's true. And that's great. But really what it is is we know internally. Mm-hmm. The Spirit testifies with our spirit in such a way that we read the Bible and we're like, this is God's word. Yeah. This comes from Jesus. And so one way we identify what we would say true believers or those who have been saved or however we want to put it, the sheep of Jesus Christ are going to believe the Bible. Yeah. So if you have that where you read this and these are more than just words to you, these are the words of life and um you believe these things and you're trusting in the promises of scripture and what it portrays about God and, and such, then be encouraged by that. Yeah. One other thing that I'd point out, like in verse uh, 16, the encouragement of that effectual call to be worked in others and the, the effectiveness of gospel proclamation, Mm -hmm. you know, not found in our abilities, but found in the fact that they're Jesus's sheep, they're going to hear his voice and they're going to respond. Right. You know, and that that is to me way more encouraging than if I didn't believe like in an effectual call. Right. And the fact that just it's kind of on me. Right. You know, no, well, I'm just Jesus. These are Jesus's sheep. And I have a responsibility as an under shepherd in a sense as well uh, to proclaim his message. And I know that if they're his his sheep, they're going to hear his voice and they're going to respond. Yeah. In that kind of the nature then of the Great Commission is there in verse 16. I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. Um, The fold immediately being Jews right Mm -hmm. there. And so what he's kind of talking about is the fact that there's going to be this Gentile mission to go out and get the nations. Mm -hmm. Gather in my sheep out there. They're there. Yep. Uh, they don't know their sheep yet, but they will as soon as they hear that gospel call. Yeah. So this is a kind of like 
like you're saying, encouraging for us to go out now, share the gospel with people, share the good news about Jesus, and just trust God, you know, trust Jesus to call his people to himself, realizing you're not the one responsible to win them over with your great arguments (laughs) and your apologetics and all those. God can use those things, but it is the, the simplicity of the gospel and the person hears the voice of Jesus because of the Spirit's working in them, yep. draws them to Christ. Right. And and that's what we're to be about right, right now. What we are to be about right now is in this time when Jesus is gathering in his sheep from all over. And uh, we, we're just to be faithful in proclaiming the gospel to everybody and let Jesus draw yep. his people to himself. And it's like a concrete thing. My, they hear, they come. They hear, they come, they know me. And uh, what an encouragement. That's right. Anything else from John 10 that immediately jumps out that you just have to share or that I, I don't think so. I think these are the main ideas of yeah. John 10. Help us read it a little better and also find some really good promises in yeah. there. Cool. Well, thanks for listening. We hope this podcast has been an encouragement to you. Uh, we love to hear from you. Email us at thecalvarycast at gmail.com. If you're part of our church, text us, give us a call, or talk to us on a Sunday morning. At Calvary, we exist for the glory of God, the good of his people, and the Great Commission.